My name is Rich Wolf. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm going to have you remain standing because we're going to read Scripture in just a second. Uh, and so uh, it's great to be here to look at God's Word. That song was a great reminder uh, that we need God to instruct and to lead and direct us and to shape us um, according to His Word and His promises. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 7. Uh, if you have a pew Bible, it's pages 527. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Please pray with me. Father, we do long for your wisdom, but we know that we cannot obtain it ourselves. We need your help. We need your working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our minds, that in order that we may live it out, not for our sake, but for your sake and to represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Over the years, I've really enjoyed reading biographies, and especially biographies uh, connected with the founding fathers of our nation. So I've read a variety of them, you know, with um, John Adams and uh, Alexander Hamilton, uh, even uh, you know, Ben Franklin, George Washington, uh, Thomas Jefferson. And, you know, they are to me just intriguing, you know, the, how God had wired these men and what different aspects of, of intellect and insight they had given them. It's interesting that during that time, it was uh, not uncommon to write out rules for living your life. Uh, some people called them virtues, some called, called them um, uh, rules for civility. Um, others, you know, they're just things that they were committed to. And so just wanted to share a few from George Washington and Ben Franklin uh, to kind of give you an idea of what they were thinking. And, and especially in light of today, some of them are actually uh, enjoyable. He says, every action, this is George Washington, he had 110 Rules of civility. Can you imagine having 110? You know, I thought God was hard enough on us with 10, right? And then he has 110 that he tried to adhere to. Every action done in company ought to be done with some sign of respect to those who are present. He goes, if you cough, sneeze, sigh, or yawn, do it not loudly, but privately, to speak not in your yawning, but put your handkerchief or your hand before your face and turn to the side. Good during COVID, right? You know, it's a good practice for that as well. I like this next one, especially for us who, who still camp, you know, maybe not this weekend, but normally camp. Spit not in the fire, <laughs> nor stoop low before it. Neither um, put your hands into the flames to warm it, I like this part. Nor set your feet upon the fire, especially if there's meat upon it. <laughs> Don't you like that? Good advice from George Washington. 
Ben Franklin had 12 uh, necessary virtues for life, and later on I'll explain, he added a, a 13th one. One of them was silence. Speak not but what may benefit others or yourself. Avoid trifling conversation. Industry, lose no time. Be always employed in something useful. Cut out all unnecessary activity. And then cleanliness. Uh, tolerate no uncleanliness in body, clothes, or habitation. And then later on in life, he added uh, the 13th, which is called humility. And it was interesting, he says, imitate Jesus and Socrates. <clears throat> you know, these rules of conduct, these virtues, uh, you might even think as you, as you look at the book of Proverbs, there are some similarities in there. There's some wisdom in these rules for civility. There's wisdom in these virtues. And you'd be right. But there is a very, very big difference. And the big difference is where do they come from? The Proverbs and the wisdom that we are longing for is wisdom that comes from above, not from within and not from our culture it's the wisdom that God provides for you and me in his word. And so we cannot just look at the Proverbs and say, I'm going to pick and choose a few that I like and ignore the others. Uh, we're going to see today that I'm going to present Proverbs as kind of a collage uh, that we are to kind of take the whole thing in and not just pick and choose. So I can't say, well, I, I'm going to apply the, the uh, Proverbs that deal with speech but I'm going to ignore all the other ones that deal with wealth or caring for the poor. We can't do that. It's all one big encompassing concept of how to live. And before we really get into our uh, passage, I thought I would just present some concepts and thoughts about Proverbs uh, in a, from a general perspective that kind of helps us understand what we're looking at. So, a proverb is a biblical, a biblical proverb is a short saying, which you, you understand that as you read Proverbs, they're short sayings that express a universal truth, but they often, while they are simple, they have deep meanings. They're oftentimes very profound. And the purpose of a proverb, if wisdom, is not just something that is supposed to be up here in our heads. These are things that God says, I want you to live out in your life. One author even said that it's like putting on working clothes. So Proverbs are the working clothes of the Christian life. So you put them on because you're going to work, you're going to apply it, you're going to do it. Uh, Tim Keller says it's kind of like hard candy. If you just bite into hard candy, you don't get much out of it. You might even break a tooth, he says. But if you suck on it, and you meditate on it, and you think about it, that's when it has the sweetness of the proverb has its impact on our lives. And then a proverb is for us is a picture of living out the gospel in all areas of life. We do not live in two worlds, a secular and a spiritual. We live in a, all things are spiritual. All areas of life are under God. And so Proverbs helps us to see how the gospel is applied to every aspect of life. I like what Paul Tripp gives an illustration here about how working out the Proverbs is helpful for us. 
He says that, let's say there's the proverb that says, a soft answer turns away wrath. He says, now that does not mean that automatically if somebody is coming at you and they have harsh words towards you and you respond with a soft answer, that mechanically or automatically that's going to resolve that person's anger. Because it doesn't happen that way, does it? So what is the emphasis of it? Well, the emphasis is for us who are responding with a soft answer as we are applying the gospel. And I like what he says here. He says you know, that when Proverbs teach that when you decide you are going to love in the face of hatred, you're going to make peace in the face of war, that you're going to be kind in mistreatment, you are now living out the gospel in your life. In summary, Proverbs provides for us a picture, a collage of how to live wisely and successfully in the fear of the Lord. So I want you to imagine, you probably have seen these pictures. It's a collage, but it's a collage of lots of little pictures. So in this picture, if you stand back, you might see a face. But if you get up really close, you're going to see that the, the picture, that face, is made up of hundreds of little faces in it. And that's what Proverbs does for us. It gives us this collage, this picture of what it means to live out the gospel by the grace of God. So as we go into our passage today, uh, chapter 1, 1 through 7, we're going to look at a couple of things. We're going to look at the benefits uh, or the uh, facets of wisdom. And then we're also going to look at, you know, the, the kind of the vastness or the areas in which wisdom addresses us. And, and then we're going to see how that applies to us uh, in our day-to-day -day, uh, life. So we have several things. So instruction is one of the first ones that we see in our passage. Instruction or training. Uh, this is a word that can be training, instruction. It really deals with discipline. It deals with a, a warning or a correction or a rebuke. Kind of like we see in 2 Timothy 3.16, that the word of God is profitable for you know, training in righteousness, but one of the things it does, it, it, it really rebukes and corrects us. That's the concept here, is that this is something that will bring us to accountability from the Lord. Uh, one passage in Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. You're allowed to say that if it's in the Bible. <clears throat> the kind of training speaks out in our um, workplace, for instance. In our workplaces as believers, we are called to be diligent. We are called to work hard. We're called to represent the Lord through our hard work. We are not to be lazy or just do enough just to get by. So that kind of proverb, that's where the accountability comes in to kind of correct us and say, I need to be working hard. The next one that we see is insight. And this could be insight or understanding. This is a neat one because this is, helps us to choose between good and bad. But not only between good and bad, but it also helps us to choose between good and best. And so it's that kind of understanding, that kind of insight that we need to be able to make decisions all day long. 
And so one of the things I thought, is, uh, he says in uh, Proverbs 9, 6, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. So living in the, walking in the way of insight, not everything is black and white. What I have found over the years in my interactions with people is this, that oftentimes if I'm quick to judge, it's because I haven't understood the intent or the motive behind what the person was doing or saying. And when I slow up and I ask for insight and I get to know why the person did what they did, it helps me to understand the situation and it helps me to respond more graciously. And so we have to be willing to seek that insight through the wisdom of God. The next one is wise dealing. This one is great. This is good sense, practical application for being successful. It means how do you interact in all sorts of situations, uh, knowing when to respond and when not to respond. It says a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Um, How do you handle a verbal attack? Uh, This past week, actually, um, someone that I love was verbally attacked. And my first reaction (laughs) was to attack back, was to take it on, you know, just directly on. But in God's goodness, um, I restrained and I think I applied the wise, you know, the wise dealing of the spirit to say, let's, would this be beneficial? Would this accomplish anything gracious if I went on the attack in response to their attack? And it came back, the answer was no. And so it was one of those things where I kind of looked at that and said, oh, okay, this, this, is, what, this is what the scripture is talking about that I'm supposed to be talking about today. Uh, that's the application. So wise dealing. Another one is prudence. Uh, this helps us to plan and live strategically. To anticipate problems without falling into either overconfidence uh, or paralyzed by over um, underreaction. Uh, not, knowing, not, only, not only knowing what to do, but when to do it type of thing. When I used to be traveling a lot um, with Mission to the World... Uh, I would travel about 30% of the time, and I would take anywhere from two to three trips um, a week. And when I was gone, I was really on. I mean, I was probably with missionaries and national partners 18 hours a day or 17 hours a day. And so when I was there, I was just giving everything. And I'd come back tired. And then you have to travel and all that. And sometimes I'd come home a little bit grumpy. And I might not treat Lori or the kids like I should. And my wife let me know that I wasn't treating her or the kids very well, graciously. And so one of the things that I realized, I said, I have to prepare. I have to be strategic. I have to ask for God's help. And so every time when I came back and I landed in Colorado Springs and I went to get my car... I would sit there and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need you to give me a a servant's spirit, a willingness to serve my family, even though I'm tired, even though it's been a hard week. I need your help. And when I would drive home, uh, God would give me that change of heart so that I could go into the house 
and loved my family as God called me to do. But it was, not, it was hard. I had to plan ahead. I had to be strategic. That's prudence. Then we have knowledge or learning. He says to the youth, but I think that's for all of us, right? Um, <clears throat> this is not just information that's up here. This is information that gets down to our hearts and is lived out. And one of the things that an author said is, well, how can we become wise without being immersed in the Word of God? This kind of, of knowledge goes from our head to our hearts to our hands. And so the question is, do you have a plan for immersing yourself in the Word of God? Reading it, studying, meditating on it. Not just a Sunday morning thing, not just even a Bible study thing. But this is the Word of God a part of your, your daily diet? Because that's how we become wise. It's become wise through God's word, through the word of God seeping into our, our heads and our hearts and being lived out. And then we have discretion or shrewdness. Uh, this again is the whole idea of, of planning ahead, uh, making a plan. Uh, but it's also a plan for success, but success in God's way, not necessarily man's way. So, a Proverb 23, 4 says, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to resist or to desist. And so what is he talking about there? Is he talking that we shouldn't plan, that we shouldn't save, that we shouldn't? No. But what he's talking about is, is our savings for retirement, is our acquiring of wealth and things so much a part of who we are that it overtakes everything? Is it that one thing like the rich young ruler that was between he and God? And so the Proverbs are saying is we need to desist. We need to say, when is enough enough? Or when do I need to trust God with my future financial hope? And so those are some of the things that we have to consider about. That is discretion um, or that is knowledge and learning. And so we have to do that. And then the last one is guidance. And this is interesting because this is something that I think in our culture, um, we are slow to ask for help. Ask any wife who's been traveling with her husband and they don't know where they're going. Are they quick to ask and stop? This is before, you know, iPhones, right? This is before you can pull up the map and give yourself directions. So a few years back, for those who are young, there was a time when we had maps, and there was a time when that's what we, we did. And so uh, one of the things, you know, I've been there, you can ask Lori, where, you know, we're evident, it's so clear, we're lost. And I can say, I can figure it out. And she's like, no, you can't. Ask somebody. And so, you know, we all need guidance, right? We all need guidance from time to time. I love uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. So do you seek guidance from others and from the word of God? And so I would say to all of us, you know, are we quick to ask for wisdom of others? Others who have gone before us in the sense of the walk with Christ. Uh, one of the greatest joys that Lori and I have is when our kids call us up, they're all adult children now. They're all making many, many decisions on their own. But every now and then they'll call us up and ask for advice. 
And that just kind of makes us, you know, so happy. But it also reminds us that they're wise. They're seeking out advice and counsel from other people. We're going to move on into, uh, those are the different areas. Those are different uh, facets of wisdom. But now, where do those facets, what do they address in our lives? And this is where I really want you to kind of be, in a sense, overwhelmed or encouraged that the Proverbs speak to so many different areas of our lives. What's going to happen is, uh, this is, uh, I'm starting the series on Proverbs, but then Chris is going to take two weeks to finish up Numbers. Uh, Then we're going to come back to Proverbs and we're going to continue on for about eight weeks in, in the book of Proverbs. So here's what it says, we are, we are called to walk in wisdom. Proverbs 28, 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And Colossians 4, 5 says, this is not just for our own lives or even our lives and our families or lives in the church, this is for life out in the world. He says that we instructs us to walk in wisdom towards outsiders, so we'll know how to respond. And so this is wisdom that really impacts all areas of life. So these are some things that we are going to look at uh, for our series. We're going to deal with friendship. We're going to deal with diligence and laziness, speech, work, trust, wealth and poverty, serving, and humility. That's quite a few things. But then the last couple of weeks, I've read through Proverbs numerous times from front to beginning, just taking notes on what are all the areas of life that Proverbs touches on. This is my list that continues. Receiving advice, resisting temptation, suffering, integrity, justice, relationship with God, handling troubles, purity, business ethics, marriage, parenting, children, friendships, contentment, anger versus patience, Pride, leadership, moderation, the poor, and justice. Do you see the collage? Do you see how Proverbs kind of addresses all these different areas of life to give us wisdom to know how to live out the gospel? One of the most common comparisons, you'll see that in the Proverbs there's a lot of contrasting comparisons, is the fool and the wise person, right? You'll see that all the time. The fool does this and the wise person does this. And it's the most common, and we see uh, be not wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's why God gave us his word. And so we are not to be wise in our own words, but we ought to be wise in God's word. But even sometimes... We have God's word, but even sometimes I think we don't avail ourselves of it or we only take what we want to hear. In Jeremiah 8, he says, How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They, will be, uh, they shall be dismayed and, uh, and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? So what was happening here is that you had some prophets who were just saying what the people wanted to hear. And then you had Jeremiah, who was telling what God is really saying. But they wanted to hear the things that were nice, the things that would speak to them. 
that would be something that would be encouraging. So they rejected the word of Jeremiah to these other people. But they say, oh, we have the word of God here. Here's the prophets. We have the word from the Lord. And he's saying, no. No, you don't because you're really not listening to the word. I think that can happen to us because of the influence of our society and the world uh, and the fact that we struggle with sin. Paul Tripp has 41 videos. The gospel, one proverb at a time. I really encourage it, very insightful. And so they're all about five minutes long. So maybe in the next two months, maybe you could say, okay, I'm going to listen to those and see how they encourage us. And one of the reasons why he says that he wrote these or did these videos, he goes, is to read uh, videos, is sin reduces all of us to fools. He goes, a fool has the world inside out and upside down. A fool looks at true and sees false, wise and sees uh, foolish and good and sees bad. He's just got it wrong. And he says, and so Proverbs are designed to, uh, to work on that foolishness in our lives and be ready to be humbled, to rescue you and me because the greatest danger in life is not what's from the outside but what's from the inside. And he says, all of us, because we have re remaining sin, are fools at times. And the Proverbs are there to help rescue us from our foolishness. He says, it's humbling to understand that I need daily, moment by moment, help from God to rescue me. And, God, and the Proverbs are all about rescuing us. To showing us what it means for us to live our lives by the grace of God in a way that God desires. Earlier on, I mentioned um, George Washington and Ben Franklin, you know, the, the rules for civility uh, and the uh, virtues, you know, necessary virtues. Well, I left out one person who came, comes a little bit later on, and that's Jonathan Edwards. And the reason I saved him, because what he says in his resolutions uh, is really where all of us need to land day after day, moment by moment. He only had 65, so he was kind of short of George Washington. But he had 65 resolutions. But this is what he says about these resolutions. And this is what we need to say about Proverbs and applying Proverbs in our lives, applying anything of Scripture in our lives. Being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will and for Christ's sake. We are called to walk in wisdom. Walking in wisdom equips us to follow Jesus that much more. And so one of the things the New Testament teaches us uh, that wisdom is not an outline. Wisdom is not a concept. Wisdom is a person, and his name is Jesus. The wisdom on the pages of Proverbs are the wisdom of Jesus. I would encourage you in you know, the next couple months to read through Proverbs. While you're doing it, in tandem, read the Gospels. And there you'll have the story of Jesus and how he lived out biblical wisdom in day-to-day -day moments. We need Jesus to rescue us from us. We need Jesus to rescue us from our foolishness. 
That's why Jesus came. That's why he lived not only the perfect wisdom-filled life, but was wisdom itself. And why he died for our sins and why he was raised to life was because we need rescuing. Because if you look at Proverbs, there's no way that you and I can live the wise life. We will fail day by day by day. But Jesus rescues us from our foolishness. Pray with me. Father, we do ask that we would live in wisdom, but we know we can't do it ourselves. We know we need your help. We know we need your grace. We know we need the Holy Spirit. He has to work in us. Uh, Father, forgive us when we try to do things ourselves instead of relying on you. And Father, we do ask that from now until the time you take us home, we would rely on you because you are the only one that can rescue us from us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.